0: First ever episode of Washington opinionated this is Alec and I'm here with Colin uh, <clears throat> Colin this is uh something that we've been working on for a long time probably like 15 16 months trying to get this thing up and going um, I feel like probably a year of it was spent strictly on trying to find a name um, but we did this once before and we kind of failed miserably didn't uh, didn't set it up right didn't didn't really plan it at all and it didn't work out but I feel like this time uh we kind of went went about things the right way and it's something that I'm excited to get up and going how are you feeling about it
1: yeah yeah no I'm really excited to get this thing going again uh like you said doing it right this time something we've been talking about working on for a while uh wow. we want to deliver a podcast for all the Gator fans out there uh, and at the same time, talk about other sports and so pretty much whatever we want. Um, you know, we just want to be able to hop on here and hang out with you guys, you know, for about an hour or so and just have a good time.
0: Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I was actually talking to, <clears throat> to another one of my friends just last night. Um, and they had seen that we were getting this up and going, um, and they didn't quite understand the name, uh. which i mean the opinionated part is kind of a given but uh i guess washed is kind of a slang term so um wash i mean for lack of better terms you know we're somewhat washed up i mean i know that i feel like you just qualified for like a pga pro thing not even a year (laughs) ago but at the same time i mean we're not we're not insiders. We're not, um, we don't have any inside contacts. We don't know anything special. We're not going to bring on hall of fame guests or anything like that. Uh, you know, we're just a couple of, couple of normal guys. Uh, and so, you know, washed meaning, you know, we're washed up, uh, I feel like that term might apply to me a little bit more than it applies to you. But at the same time, we both are uh, pretty passionate, uh, especially when it comes to the Gators. Um, but I know we're also both pretty big Jags fans. Uh, and I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think either one of us have a uh, an NBA team. I think we're both just LeBron fans. Uh, you don't have a team, do you?
1: You know, I used to like the Raptors. I'm not saying that because they just won the championship. Uh, I was like Vince Carter. So if I had to pick one, I'd probably say the Raptors. But I've watched zero Raptors games this year. Yeah. So And
0: I've and I've yeah. been friends with you for a long time, and I've never seen you on a Raptors shirt. So. Yeah. I mean, so watch. Well, well, well. So I'm gonna say that we're both. We pretty much just follow LeBron and the NBA in general. So.
1: Yeah yeah just going back to the watch thing I mean we were both <laughs> we' both former athletes i mean you played you played football and baseball in high school and did other things um I've pretty much played golf my whole life still uh still competing at a very very middle semi professional level but you know having a good time with it yeah.
0: i mean think you're probably the best golfer to ever come out of Palaka. I think that's a fair assessment. Unless there's it's somebody that I don't know about.
1: It's a hot take.
0: Yeah, That's what we're here for. Um, but anyways, uh, so that's that's what we're co- going to try and deliver. Uh, talk about sports. Talk about you know, whatever comes across the timeline. Um, whether it's a movie, TV show, music, whatever. We're just We're here to talk about uh, things we're passionate about. So um, another thing we talked about whenever we decided to start this thing back up again is that we wanted to be uh, more consistent. So we're going to be delivering an episode to you guys every single Wednesday, Uh, no matter what, no matter if we have to record on a Sunday and have some outdated information, uh, we're going to have an episode (laughs) out every Wednesday for you guys. Uh, So I know that was a real big thing. Um, but, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, today, I mean, today Alec was on, Alec was on a graveyard shift. So Alec, how long have you been up right now?
0: I actually slept really good yesterday. Uh, so I've only been up for about 15, 16 hours, but
1: yeah, only 15 or 16. I mean, I woke up about an hour and a half, two hours early, uh, got up to six o'clock so we could shoot this and get this, get this out to you guys on Wednesday,
0: yeah, so we are recording today, Wednesday, uh, February the 12th, uh, so everything that we have is pretty new, up-to-date. But anyways, uh, get right into, the. I feel like, the hottest topic that uh, has been going on with the XFL.
1: Did you watch any games over the weekend? I was working a lot over the weekend. I got to see the highlights, and I got to kind of catch, like, plays here and there, but... Um... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to see my uh, my Tampa Bay Vipers play. I was pretty bummed about it, but then I saw the score, and I was like, eh, God for the best.
0: <laughs> what do you think? Of, I mean, I, I know you haven't really watched it much, but what do you think about the league overall?
1: I think, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out what is definitely different than the obviously, with the rules and stuff, the changes for, from the AAF. I'm just trying to figure out exactly what's going to, separate it make it make it work compared to the aaf um i mean it's definitely it's definitely fun to watch i mean you there are already some some really big hits week one um you know the guy missing a 30 yard field goal and the commentator walking up to him being like oh man you blew that one what happened i think that's a pretty cool rule uh that they can kind of you know interview players on the sideline uh did you get a, did you get to watch any of it
0: No, so I was on the same boat. Uh, I've, I think I've worked like nine straight 12s in a row now. Uh, But I did, like you, I watched the highlights and I've heard some snips and pieces of all the things that are different. Um, But I will say that I did watch the AAF last year really heavy. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably mostly, mostly because... Steve Spurrier was coaching the Apollos, but um, my take on it uh, from everything that I've gathered, listened to, watched of the XFL, and it was kind of an opinion that I had formed beforehand, and I think that the XFL will probably do a little bit better than the AAF. Was it AAFL or just AAF? No, just F. Okay, so I think that it's going to last longer, probably get at least a full first season, maybe probably a second one. Um, But I think that, like, all the things that we're hyping up right now um, after the first weekend, the big hits, the, you know, no targeting rules, um, the commentating, the play calling and hearing inside the helmet, um, and I think even, the, like, hearing the refs, you know, review plays, I feel like all that was stuff that we saw at the beginning of the AAF and we were all real hype about it back then, too. And it quickly got, you know, pushed under the rug and kind of forgotten about really quickly. So I don't think that in that aspect it's any different than the AAF. I think that Vince McMahon – planned out a little bit better. So we're going to have it for longer, but I think that in order for them to, to survive and for them to be able to, um, you know, have lasting spring football is they need to bring in big name quarterbacks. Um, they have some big name players on all the teams, you know, spread out throughout the defense and receivers and people that we remember playing wash up NFL people and stuff like that um but I feel like the main team that I heard about over the weekend was whatever team Cardell Jones was on and that was yeah because he was a big name college football quarterback so he got a lot of following he has a lot of fans people care about him but at the end of the day nobody's gonna care about Aaron Murray a washed up Georgia quarterback that never did anything at Georgia and never did anything in the NFL, and now he's the starting quarterback of the Vipers team. You know, that, that's not something that people can get behind. And whether anybody admits it or not, they're getting hype over a team, over their quarterback. You know, Even in the NFL with all these big-name receivers and running backs and Derrick Henry and all these people that get all these highlights, you're not going to be excited about your team unless you have a good quarterback. Because even if you're the Bears and you've got um, Khalil Mack setting records, you still got Mitchell Trubisky at your quarterback, <laughs> and so you're not going to get excited about your season. So I think and, – and, and I feel like there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that the XFL could go after to try and do that. You know, you have your Johnny Manziels. Um, it might be a little um, controversial, but your Colin Kaepernick's um, – Tim Tebow, if he decided to give up baseball, you know, all these big name quarterbacks that either weren't able to make it in the league or they've recently retired, but things like that would just instantly, you know, increase viewership, increase fandom, you know, cause I could give a rat's ass about anybody on the Vipers team. If they had, if they had Tim Tebow, like I'd be, I'd have a Jersey, a t-shirt and hoodie, everything. I'd have a sticker on the back of my car. I mean, because that's just, I mean, that's that's who we get excited about is our quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, like, the only person for the Vipers that I was really excited about, yeah, you hit it spot on there, Aaron Murray, by the way. I mean, <laughs> I think when the guy was on Matt, he had like 81 throwing power. Like, give me somebody who can step up. I mean, Cardell Jones, he's a big guy. He can throw football 80 yards. Like, Give me somebody like that. I mean, yeah, the Vipers have Antonio Callaway, but he didn't see a snap. I don't know. Maybe he's already gotten in trouble for weed. I don't know. But I think they put him on uh
0: like a like five days before the game. I think they put him on the injury reserve or something like that.
1: I think he gets a break.
0: I saw a tweet about it.
1: Did you see? Did you see the? Uh, oh, I can't remember. It's maybe the defenders. So they got their receivers lined up in the slot on the goal line. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, about to hike the ball, and he just throws up on the, on the goal line. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen no. that?
0: No, I didn't.
1: They're, like, playing press They're like playing press coverage on the goal line. And this guy is just, like, in his, like, stance, like, about to take off. And then he just ducks his head down and just pukes all over the field. Wow. And then just runs around like nothing happened.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's I've pretty, seen that in the viral video before.
1: That was pretty funny.
0: Um, but, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, it, it's football in the spring. I mean, the only thing that I would like to see different maybe next year or whatever is maybe start it in March or something. You know, just not that I need a break from football and I, I could easily go straight into it, but I think that it's only a eight-week season or something like that, and so we're still going to end up having four months or five months without football. So, I'd rather do a couple months now and then a couple months after that before spring training and everything starts, so.
1: Yeah. You know, you know what I thought also it would be kind of – it probably won't happen, but I thought it would be cool like, to see, like, somebody like Philip Rivers. Obviously, he's going to stay in the NFL because he can still play. But, mm-hmm. I mean, when Tom Brady's, like, 48 and he still wants to play, if he could go, like, play for the Vikings, that would be pretty still be. Yeah,
0: that's another thing I was thinking of. I mean, like – I mean, Vince McMahon, did, like, he made his money and, like, his everything out of the WWE, didn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah, big fan, so, big I mean, fan. So, I
0: so I feel like it, it wouldn't be a stretch for him to go after, and this is going to sound dumb, but, like, like, can you imagine if Brett Favre strapped it up and threw the ball 60 <laughs> yards? Like, that's... <laughs> That shit that people would, like, want to see. I mean, nobody wants to see, other than Cardiel Jones, I can't name another quarterback in the entire XFL.
1: Like, Vince McMahon, I, mean, I
0: I know Aaron Murray because he's on my team, but, like, yeah. like, if you saw Brett Favre out there, it doesn't matter if he, like, broke his back in the first play. That would be so much fun.
1: Vince McMahon should let Brett Favre lose his Wranglers out on the field.
0: <laughs> just have him would, slinging
1: it at Wranglers.
0: He would still be better than Aaron Murray <laughs> and his Wranglers at <laughs> seventy years old.
1: Give me far. Did you see did you see the um the defensive coordinator? I think it was well the Vipers defensive coordinator. Like three coordinators have already been fired after the first week.
0: I didn't see the Vipers, I saw whoever it was that gave up the the most yardage and the most points. I saw that he got fired. And I saw somebody tweet, and it was like, they should make it a thing where the worst defense of coordinator gets fired every single week, and we cheer for it.
1: Well, (laughs) I mean, at that point, you're the worst defensive coordinator in the XFL.
0: Yeah.
1: You got to go. I thought
0: the tweet was pretty funny, though. But – Anyways, you were able to stay up last night and play season two of uh, Call of Duty, weren't you?
1: Yes. Yes. Did you get it downloaded on
0: time to play it?
1: Yeah, it took me it's like a sixty gigabyte download. It took like an hour and a half to, to to fully update. But um it's amazing. It's like I felt like like the nostalgic like coming home from school, like after sixth grade yeah, you're in sixth grade, you go home from school. You sit down, you know, you plant with all your friends and you're on rust, just absolutely wrecking people. I mean, it was, they brought a lot of uh, a lot of old stuff from, from Modern Warfare 2 back onto the game. Uh, some old maps, UMP45, um, the, the map rust that everyone's like, you know, it's like one of the best maps in Call of Duty. So, I'll definitely checked that out last night. And that's part of the reason I'm so tired this morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I woke up around i think i woke up at like three o'clock four o'clock yesterday um and i didn't know it was going live yesterday and i didn't even try and like i i got up and i saw all the like stuff on twitter about how big the update was and so i just packed my xbox up and took it up to <clears throat> one of our friends house just because i knew that he'd be able to download it while i was at work and have it ready for me so when i wake up later today i'm gonna Go pick it up and see if I can get a game or two in before I go back into work.
1: Yeah. No, it was it was really cool. I like pulled up my, my menu on my game and like everybody was at their at the home of their Xbox like downloading it. So <laughs> definitely definitely got more people back on the game. It was it was one of the games that was being pretty heavy last night on Twitch. So it's kind of that's kinda of how I gauge how successful a game is, if those guys are are streaming it or not. So Call of Duty's back, man.
0: Yeah. that's exciting. I mean I'm I'm liking it. There there's I'm still even with the addition of Rust and Shipment and Vacant and all that, like I still just absolutely hate all the maps that were dropped with the game. Like I don't know how game developers were able to peak in 2012 and be able to put out a perfect product, but I mean, it's definitely took a just such a deep steep and uh, decrease. Like they make a couple, there's a couple maps on the game that I I enjoy, but I feel like every single time I get into a like a quick play lobby that isn't shipment 24/7 or at rest or whatever. I feel like I get Piccadilly, like, 90% of the time.
1: Yeah.
0: And it yeah. just makes me rage quit. As soon as I, like, go into the middle of the map and get killed, I just turn it
1: off and go to shipment. You come home from a long day of work and graveyard shift. You come <laughs> home, turn your game on. You just want to hang out just for love. You got some little 8-year-old in Germany just absolutely wrecking you. On Piccadilly. On Piccadilly. Oops. That's the worst. Just a single tear falling down your face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> well, uh, other than that, uh, <clears throat> we've got off-season and full swing. Not really much active news. I mean, I know signing day just passed, but really, since the early signing day has blown up so much, they really – isn't any news with that. Um, But looking way too far ahead to college football next season, in the grand scheme of things, um, how do you – what are dark horses that you have going into the season?
1: My dark horses for next year, well, I'm not just saying this just because I'm a Florida Gator fan. But obviously Florida's in that conversation. Um, I feel like our, I mean, our schedule sets up really good for next year. I mean, we have we have Georgia with Jamie Newman. I mean, I think if we get past that game, I think we have a good chance of at least making an SEC championship game, which I found out is going to fall directly on my wedding day, which is fine. Wedding's way more important. It's kind of a bummer, but anyway, um, I think that. I think that Utah is going to be, be probably a team that, that we talk about again uh, next year, kind of around that time. If Oregon can finally put it together, they lose Justin Herbert, so I don't know if they're going to be be all that great next year, but they, they have a ton of talent. They sound like they sound like a top-five top, top five class a couple years in a row now, so I think it's just a matter of time till they put it together. And then, um, um, I mean probably Florida state <laughs> just kidding <laughs> just kidding
0: so Utah I think Utah lost their quarterback I know they lost their top uh corner um you uh, know Tariq from Plata, yeah. he he was I mean he was starting the other side uh at corner so he left I think they the other uh, the corner across from him was a junior who declared early and then Their quarterback, I'm almost positive, was a senior. So I know Utah's lost a lot of um, pieces this year. I didn't really, I was thinking about Oregon last night, um, and I forgot that Justin Herbert was leaving. But just like you said, with how they've, how Mario Cristobal's been recruiting out there, I think that, you know, with them having a Pac 12 schedule, I think that they could go undefeated and go into the playoffs. Now, I don't know how well they would be able to compete in the playoffs. uh, But, I mean, if they have a quarterback who's able to just game manage and run the offense, not even doing anything special, I think that that defense and the playmakers they have could probably, you know, compete and handle a Pac-12 schedule with no problem.
1: Yeah, that's 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 part of my my reasoning with Utah. I feel like I feel like somebody in that Pac-12 is gonna make um, make a run next year. I mean, obviously it's gonna, not gonna be USC because it's USC, but I mean Utah, Oregon, um, Washington State's always a weird one. I don't know. It's just a, it's it's easy to get out of that conference. Um, you know, I mean it could have been this year, but I think or who did Oregon lose to? They had one. Auburn. Yeah, they had Auburn. They had, they had, like, one more bad loss coming down the stretch. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's that conference is there for the taking for sure.
0: The only – like, if Oregon was somehow to go undefeated, um, which, I mean, I think that given they have a quarterback who's able to step up uh, to Justin Herbert's shoes, if – they're able to go undefeated, then that'd be the first time, I think since, that would it be the first time since, since 2014 that the Pac-12 made the playoffs. Yeah.
1: I mean, they, I mean, it's... They,
0: they blew out FSU in 14, right? It was it 14 or 15?
1: Uh,
0: I want to say 14. So, Oregon was there then, and I can't remember... If they've made it since then. Yeah. Now, I I know a lot of people are projecting that it's possible for Florida and Alabama to make it into the playoffs, um, given how the schedules are kind of laid out. Um, But if Oregon's able to go undefeated, then you can't keep an undefeated Oregon team out of it. So – they're definitely only be one SEC team.
1: Yeah, I'd have to look at their non-conference schedule. Oregon's usually one of those Pac-12 teams. I will give them credit; they usually do do have a pretty pretty solid non-conference schedule. They usually have like one like this year. They had Auburn. Um, I know. I know next the year after next they have a big game. I just can't think of who they play right now. So who's who's your uh, who's who's your who's your way too early? playoff teams next year, Kevin, Jimmy?
0: I think I think Ohio
1: State goes on
0: a number one because, uh, I mean, with J.K. Dobbins leaving, their offense might fall off a little bit, but Justin Fields should have a Heisman here. So I've got Ohio State one, depending – if the committee treats Clemson the same way, they'll either be at two or three. Um, And then Florida four. No, I mean, no, I guess Florida three, because the only way that Florida makes it in is to go undefeated. I mean, the, if, I think if Florida beats Georgia, the only way that Florida gets uh, Atlanta is if they beat Georgia and if they beat And if they don't win the SEC championship game, then they're not going to playoffs. So, I mean, an undefeated SEC champion, lowest they could probably be is three. Um, And that four spot. I mean, I guess Oregon. uh, I don't. You got the ACC, Big Ten. SEC and Pac-12. Unless, I mean, unless Oregon does lose one or two games, then a one-loss Alabama would go in. But, I mean, I, I definitely don't see LSU being back in there. I don't think Georgia has a good year. I think they probably lose to us and Alabama and maybe one more, but. So yeah, I'll go Ohio State, Clemson, Florida, and Oregon.
1: I like it. I like it. I could see. I I really want to throw Oklahoma in there, but I don't know. I I have to, I have to see Spencer Rat, Rattler play before I before That's I start amazing. talking reckless on here.
0: Do you think Texas is all going to be all hype, or do you think they have a good year?
1: They have Sam Allinger back. I mean, they. I think they. I don't know, man. I, I'm, not so, I'm not really sold on Tom Herman yet. He's he's posted a bunch of like eight and four years, nine and three, eight and four.
0: What'd they get I mean, year?
1: actually, that might be generous. I think they've been like seven and five. Yeah, I think last year they either went mm-hmm. six and six or seven and five. They started out really strong. They went shot for shot with LSU. They were like 45, 30, against LSU. And then, that was I don't like know. Two. At, yeah. Yeah, Ellinger, I don't know. They like to compare him to Tebow, but he's not Tebow. Okay, so Oregon isn't going
0: undefeated next year. They play Ohio State week two.
1: Brutal. Sorry, Oregon. (laughs) I bet you that's the game I was thinking of.
0: Other than that, I mean, they they play a bunch of scrubs. I mean, (laughs) I don't know how good Colorado is going to be. They lost their head coach last night. West, real? oh yeah, he uh, he is going to Mississippi State.
1: Mel Tucker, yeah, I didn't see that. He's recruited really well for them. He's got they some big time transfers. Night. That's crazy. Yeah, it's good. That's good for them.
0: But uh, Colorado, Washington, and so yeah, so Oregon won't be in. So. I guess I that fourth spot will, you got to give it to either Oklahoma or Texas whoever whoever wins that division
1: or Baylor. We'll, yeah, we'll see how good Baylor is under Aranda.
0: Not I mean a first a first year head coach I mean I, I wouldn't give it to him over over Oklahoma I mean
1: yeah Oklahoma's gonna be gonna be obviously really good again offensively. They have a new defensive coordinator, so maybe they'll be able to figure it out defensively this year for the first time.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we'll do. I know you talked about Florida a little bit. I mean, I don't think they're. I don't think they can be considered a dark horse. I mean, I know they've never been in it before, but I've got a feeling that unless we have an off season like last year. I mean, I think that the media is going to be all over Florida all year long, given their schedule and LSU losing everybody, Georgia losing everybody. I mean, I think that I think that the media is pretty high on Florida's side. I wouldn't consider them a dark horse, but anyways, uh, speaking of Florida, though, we've got <clears throat> some off-field stuff going on Um, I know for whatever reason they haven't announced anybody Um, maybe because some of it's not official yet but I'm pretty sure Brewster's as official as possible Um, but I know that you've been following recruiting longer than I have Um, the only thing I know about Brewster is from what I've heard like the last 48 hours about him but (laughs) Why don't you talk about it, since you know a little bit more?
1: Yeah, Tim, uh, we got Tim Brewster. Uh, It's still kind of unclear what... I mean, we we opened up a tight ends coach position uh, at Florida when Larry Scott took the job at Howard, so that that opened up um, a spot for us. So we we landed Tim Brewster. He was the the tight ends coach at North Carolina. And uh, usually... Usually teams will leave that tight end coach spot. That's usually one of your your heavy hitter recruiters. So it did hurt a little bit losing Scott, um, but we got Brewster. Brewster is is widely known as an elite recruiter. He was there, he was on the staff for FSU during their their championship run with uh, Jameis and all them. He helped. He had a major hand in putting those those rosters together. Uh, recruiting. I know he's had a couple other st- stops. He's been with Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. Um, just just really really widely respected as as one of the best, if not the best uh, recruiter in the country. So Mullen said after after signing day we you know we went one for five. He said that his next hire would would really be focused on on the recruiting aspect. And um and yeah, so we got we got Brewster. Uh, we also we also got Kerwin Bell. Uh, he's probably gonna come on as an offensive analyst. And um, Charlie Strong from from USF hasn't been made official yet, but uh, he'll be a, he'll be a defensive defensive mind for us. I imagine he'll probably be a UF for a year or two. And uh, yeah, obviously. Charlie Strong was the defensive coordinator during our national championship team, so a lot of people say the game's outgrown him, but it's hard to hard to argue with the man's resume. Is
0: Kerwin's official, right? That one was officially announced, right? Ker Kerwin's
1: official. Well, I don't know. It's it's really weird how how quiet they're keeping the. I mean, I, I don't know. Like Bruce I, saw,
0: tr- I feel like I saw the Kerwin Bell on twenty four seven.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know, Brewster, Brewster's face or Twitter page is all like, oh, yeah. he finally changed all his Tar Heel stuff, and he's like gated out now, so he's obviously official. I think, I think Bell's the same way, but I don't, I don't know about Strong.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think unless Strong was able to get a good job, um, which if he's not gonna get Mississippi State, then I don't. I mean, I I guess Colorado's open now, but unless he's able to get a good job, which I don't think he will after getting let go from USF, I like him as a defensive analyst, and depending on how much he's able to add and whatnot, given the fact that Todd Grantham seems to be inching closer and closer to getting a head coaching job somewhere, I think especially if we're able to make a SEC championship type push this year, that he'll definitely be gone. I think uh-huh. it's really good to have Charlie Strong in your back pocket as a good defensive hire if no one else is available. Um, I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't seem to like that idea, but like you said, I mean, he hasn't been the greatest head coach, but I mean, he won a national championship as a defensive coordinator for us. So, I mean, I wouldn't be against it, I think, with the amount of defensive talent we've pulled in the last two, three years. You'd really have to do a bad job to not be able to put a good on-field product out there with what with what we have.
1: Yeah, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people, because obviously the game's changed a lot the last 10 years, but I've heard a lot I of people, people say that he hasn't really modernized his defense with this heavy spread that the college football runs now. Um, but he hasn't been a full-time defense coordinator in a couple of years. So it's, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to really, really say that when he's been the head coach and he's had, he's been hiring defense coordinators, you know, to come in and, and do the job. So I think mm-hmm. that's a little, a little presumptuous of, of Gator Nation, but um, yeah. Speaking of signing day, we uh, like I said, we we went one for five on on pretty much who we were in the fold for. Uh, we did land a commitment from defensive end Princely. I don't even want to try that last name.
0: Human, uh, human, million, human. <laughs> I can I can say it right in my head. I just can't pronounce it.
1: Yeah. You men me on. So he, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. So he had a, I mean, he, have you you seen his film, right?
0: No, I just don't feel like film's the right word for it. (laughs) It's like, I feel like, like the very first clip, or it's like within the first couple highlights. There's one where he just like grabs a running back, like he's got one hand on his chest and one hand on his back, and just completely picks the guy up and throws him down like it's WWE. I mean that was.
1: Maybe that's a a big a a future in the XFL. (laughs) Maybe hopefully, (laughs) hopefully
0: he'll be a first round draft pick.
1: Yeah, he um, I mean I'm not gonna lie. Avante Williams obviously broke our hearts when he switched to Miami last minute. I was so upset. I really wasn't excited about Princely. I was kind of thinking about what we lost on the day. And then when, when he signed, I looked at his film, obviously felt much, much better after watching his film. I was like, all right, this, this guy's going to be a beast. Yeah. So we have, yeah, so we have, um, we have a couple guys. This is kind of a weird, a weird year for recruiting because both signing days have come and passed, but we still have really two guys left that we're going to be. Well, I guess you could say three that are going to be signing really late. Uh, we got Leonard Manuel, the receiver yeah. out of um, out of Ocala. He was a five star at one point. You see, he's dropped all the way down to a three star.
0: That is crazy.
1: Yeah, he um, he had some academic well, then, like, stuff where he was he was transferring around from school, so he he missed part of his senior year, which doesn't, doesn't help your ranking.
0: Well, but, like, it's so weird how they pick and choose the players that they want to do that with. Because, I mean, I know you're about to talk about Zach Evans, but, I mean, Zach Evans missed a couple games, and, like, I feel like that was – I mean, didn't he – like, cuss at a coach or a ref or something. I mean, he missed a couple games, and everything about that was bad. I mean, it was – there were months, months of them talking about character issues with him and how he missed games, and he ended up being, like, top 20 player in the country. It's just yeah, weird exactly. how they pick and choose who they want to do it with.
1: Yeah, there's some there's some weird vibes around Zach Evans. People say that he's a, like I don't know, they say they say he's a pretty weird dude. They said that he doesn't he doesn't um like he doesn't watch college football, doesn't watch the NFL. Uh he's just really kinda like into like RT stuff, which is fine. You know, do you but just said that he's not your s your, your typical NFL player and a lot of people wonder where where his head's at. Um Evans is a five star running back out of Texas. Uh, so he'll be he'll be signing late. I know if, he's still kind of figuring out that last visit, that last official visit. I think if I mean I think you'd agree if Florida gets that last visit, I think we have a good chance of landing him. Uh, you know who notoriously recruits Texas really well is Tim Brewster. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe we uh, we send we send Brewster after him get that last visit, and then uh, add to that, that running back room we have. Yeah. And, I think yeah, it, I mean,
0: it's, it's ridiculous how – I mean, I know everyone's talked about it, but, like, if you look at our running back room, we have a full room. I, I don't think we have a full room for very long. I think, you know, either Davis or Clement or somebody ends up transferring out after – after the spring but you know you've got Lingard who may or may not get a waiver you've got pierce who has two years left maybe um and then i mean lingers hurt and unproven davis isn't the same anymore i forgot about nacorn right who's unproven i mean if you're a five-star back at you know, a team that's as up and coming as Florida is, you know, there's no reason why you go to Tennessee or Old Miss or, I mean, I heard that he was a little bit interested in USC. I mean, like, it just doesn't make sense. But then again, none of his recruitment makes any sense at all. So, but yeah, I'm with you. If we get the visit, I think that, I think that we can close on it. But, I mean, I don't think we can close on it because our recruiting staff is able to pull in a five-star guy like him. I just think that we're going to end up getting lucky because LSU and Georgia and Bama and everybody else backed off of them and filled up their class already. Which, I mean, getting – I mean, if you get a talent like him, it doesn't really matter how you get it. I mean, it kind of – Sucks that that's how we have to get it, but yeah I mean i'll take I'll take it,
1: yeah, I mean yeah we we just kind of been been persistent on Evans, we kind of stuck with him a and m signed a couple backs, Jimbo was after him for a while, Georgia filled up their class, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, and then you got Leonard Manuel and Mark Britt, I think. I think they're wait from what I've heard, they're waiting on test scores from from Manual. If if he can get his test scores up, UF's gonna let him in the class. Um, but if not, he's probably going to hold Miss.
0: Well and I think I think Mark Brick said that I think his announcement date is the same day as Manuel, so that might just be like the day that an SAT or something score comes back because I think they're both announcing the same day in March.
1: Yeah, and they're both kind of in the right. same boat. They're both half Ole Miss, half US. I think Brett's good with his test scores. I don't. I'm not. I think he took an official visit late to Ole Miss, and I think it kind of gave him some things to think about. So he's he's kind of taking his time, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out.
0: Yeah. I was kind of. I, I know that early in the cycle, he was projected as a wide receiver. I know. And everybody on the timeline, at least, and I think two four seven said that UF wants him as a safety, but um, I mean, I guess we had that spot since so we weren't able to get um, Avante, but but I like our safety class. I mean, I am fully – I mean, it would have been nice to get a guy like Avante, but I'm I'm super high on all three
1: of the safeties that we
0: pulled in, so.
1: Yeah, Ron English did his thing. this cycle, finally.
0: Not gonna let it. Not gonna let it ruin my offseason. That That's we right. Could made a poor business decision by going down to South <laughs> Beach. But enough Gator talk. I know that you're ready to get some things off your chest about the NFL. Oh, boy. I'll let you just go ahead.
1: Yeah, we. We haven't been able to get some things off our chest on the pod because we just started today. But I have to talk about the travesty that's taking place in the NFL. Rookie of the year did not go to who it should have gone to. I can make a very compelling case that Gardner Minshew should have been offensive rookie of the year. And Alec and I got to talking. We could also make a very good point that Josh Allen, defensive end uh, slash linebacker for the Jaguars, could have been defensive rookie of the year. I mean, it's the stats are shocking. So so Minshew, Minshew threw, I think it was 21 touchdowns, only six interceptions, and I don't want to say threw for like 3,200 yards that sounds pretty right, Alec? I have no idea. I think that's right. Kyler Murray threw for, okay, he threw for like 400 more yards than Minshew did. But he also threw.
0: He started more games than Minshew
1: did, though. Yeah, he started more games. Minshew still won more games, by the way. But he started more games, and he threw almost double the interceptions that Gardner Minshew threw. Gardner started like, what was it twelve games? Like, actually started twelve games, or was it more than he, that? It might have been more. He,
0: he played in fourteen, and so he probably started like twelve of them because I know, I mean, that was a game that first game of the season that he came in, and then the game that he took over. So I think he, I think he started twelve, but he played in fourteen.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. I'm. Like that one, I mean, you got Kyler Murray obviously has rushing stats, which I guess you could say put him over Minshew. But I, Josh Allen and, and Nick Bosa have almost identical stats. I mean, I yeah. think it's like 10 and a half sacks each. Hold on, let, me, let me just pull on the yeah. real while we're talking about I'm, it. Go I'm ahead. almost sure it's like 10 and a half sacks. And Josh Allen did it. With much less help than Nick Bosa did. That's the wrong
0: Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I've seen I've seen people that are a lot more passionate about this on the timeline, like really get heated um, over the Josh Allen Nick Bosa debate. And like I get that Josh Allen put out some really really good numbers, but. Like, you can't win those kinds of – I mean, I guess Kyler Murray did, but, I mean, when you got a team that's all the way to the Super Bowl compared to a team that won four or five games, however many it ended up being, like, you can't really compare those two because one was able to be successful while the other one was getting blown out by the Colts. I mean – yeah, Josh Allen had 10.5 with two force fumbles. I want to see what Nick Bosa's were.
1: I will say Nick Bosa was hurt, so he did it in probably less games than Josh Allen did.
0: So Nick Bosa had nine, nine sacks and one force fumble in 16 games. They both played 16 games. Really? I feel like Bosa was hurt a lot. So, now Nick Bosa had the – I think Nick Bosa had a pair of touchdowns. I know he had a pick six. I don't know if he had a fumble fumble return. But, I mean, I was – I wasn't happy with the Jags drafting Josh Allen last year just because I still think that the Jaguars need better offensive talent before they're able to compete for anything. Um. And I, I mean, Calais Campbell still so has a good couple years left, and and I'd rather them spend money on because and is going to need a bigger contract, whenever it's coming up, um, or else he's going to end up going somewhere else. And so, I feel like it was a a risk to go out on a limb and take Josh Allen instead of take or just paying a proven guy like, in Gokwe. But I'm. I'm just so far beyond over the management of the Jaguars with them trading Fowler and trading Ramsey and cutting Bortles. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably the only guy that's still on the Bortles bandwagon, but I just I I don't think that the management has any idea what they want to do with the team and the direction of the team. I think that that it's proof by what they pulled on us last week. I mean, just the fact that they're even considering, you know, I mean, and they're not even considering it's it's a done deal. But moving an extra home game to England, you know, I just I feel like the Jacksonville's not gonna have a team for very much longer. And if Jacksonville doesn't have a team, then I'm not gonna have a team because I will. I'll go right back to not really caring about the NFL and just watching it and having a fantasy football league, but, I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, live in, I live in Tampa, and I root for the Jaguars. Do you know what that's going to force me to do, Alec? I mean, I have to I become a Tampa Bay Bucs fan. I don't, I, I don't even know if that's possible. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. I, don't,
0: I mean, I would consider it if Jameis mm-hmm. left but there's Gator fans that are Bucks fans and find a way to... Like, I was able to successfully start cheering for Ramsey whenever I moved to Jacksonville, but there's not a single fighter in my body that could ever cheer for Jameis Winston. Like, it's just it's not possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Teams is fun to watch. I'll give him that. I mean, it. it you never know what you're going to get. I try to avoid him. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. I don't know. I think he has his really good moments, but he also has... He starts every game off with a pick six just to settle in.
0: I was—I think his first throw of his career was a pick six.
1: It's a bold strategy. He just gets it out of the way early. <laughs> he gets it out of the way early and then after that he's he's a great quarterback.
0: But see I feel like at least for the Bucks, like they're consistent with what with what they do. You know. Like the Jaguars I mean I had I had moved to Jacksonville the year before they started their run in twenty seventeen. And it was so much fun to like to see that team play to See how the city responded to it, and how you know, like, it. Jacksonville went from being, you know, okay to kind of fun to just being exciting. I mean, everywhere you went, people were talking about it. You know, it, it was the closest that it had ever felt to to what it's like being a Gator fan. I mean, I went on a I went on a cruise during the playoffs uh, whenever they played.
1: Playoffs. I think
0: it. I think it was when they played the Bills. I was on. I was on a cruise while that game was being played, yeah. and I remember trash talking Steelers fans on the boat. I mean, and I had never trash talked for the Jags before, but I mean, it, and it was just so much fun and to see how quickly they fell off. And I mean, it was nothing more than poor management. I mean, they lost. They lost a couple guys that you know they probably couldn't have helped, but. I mean, I was I was pissed from day one whenever they hired or not hired, but whenever they signed Nick Foles on a hundred million dollar contract. I mean, I I don't know if I expressed that to you or not, but I was. I mean, there were people on my Facebook, you know, sharing all kinds of different, you know, God save or Nick Nick Foles save the Jags and stuff like that, and I was. I just I, I knew that it wasn't going to work out from the get go but I'm also a huge Blake Bortles fan so
1: but, that's a, Never mind. um yeah you're a big Blake Bortles fan
0: but I mean it is I'll, what it is I don't think I don't think we're going to be relevant for a while so that's what you, I
1: mean you wash your mouth Actually, I um, like,
0: the best thing about that 2017 season was that it came during a 4 and 8 Gator season. So That's
1: true.
0: so I could get excited about the Jags. But <laughs> honestly like if if the Gators are winning 10, 11, 12, pushing for playoffs, I don't care about what the Jags are doing because if the Gators are doing good, then that means that I'm probably at the games. And on Sunday, I'm nursing a hangover. So I could care less if I'm watching football or not. You know?
1: That's so. fair. I saw somewhere that someone said that Nick Foles probably sits when he pees. And every time I see Nick Foles, that's all I think about. With him, like, sitting and peeing with, like, a tie-dye headband on.
0: <laughs> with his crutches and casts on. Yeah.
1: So... I gotta I got tell you something. This is kind of like off off the record, kind of random. So we're literally recording.
0: This is the definition of on the record.
1: <laughs> yeah. So for yeah, that's fair. So for whoever, I mean, you guys probably don't know, but I like right now I'm I'm a, I'm a golf caddy. I, I caddy at a at a, a five star golf resort down in South Florida. Uh, well, middle of South Florida. So this past weekend, I had um, I had some Canadians come down from Winnipeg, and they saw a bunch of alligators and snakes out on the course. And one of them, one of them goes, "He goes, man, you guys have a lot of you know snakes and alligators down here." And I was like, "Yeah, like what? You know, in in Canada, like what what do you like? What do you have up there that 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 you have to like watch out for that uh, kills a lot of people?" <laughs> And he said, he said, well, we have grizzly bears. I'm like, oh, okay, I can see that. <laughs> like, grizzly bears, that's fair. Bear. And Alec, you know what you told me that they have up there that they have to seriously plan their day around? What? Native Indians. <laughs> <laughs> like the, like the people? Like, like, so, how he like, you explain like, it to me? Like,
0: like bows and Blow dart, like blow darts and <laughs> yes. bow
1: and arrows? Yes. Yeah. Like, like you can go on a hike, walk too far off the beaten path, and you can just get domed by an arrow. He told me what? that. He told, I, didn't, I didn't believe him. I did some research. He's 100% right. So he, how he explained it to me, he said, you know how in America when, when you find Indians, can you hear my alarm? No, oh. he said when Indians um like have land, they like he's like yeah you guys just build them a casino and let them make money off of it and it's you know it's it's all good right? And I was like yeah. And he said well in Canada he said we don't we don't we just we just let them have their land they just they like land that's theirs they have their own rules and the, the agreement is you just don't go into their land. And if you do, so he you said don't. you hear you hear often it's not funny but it's like <laughs> i expected funny. Some, <laughs> I, accept, I expected something so much different he said grizzly bears and native indians <laughs> he said you can go to like wow. an indian bar with like six of your friends or you i mean you could with like six of your friends and then a bunch of native Indians could just beat the shit out of you and just that's just that's just like common practice up there. Wow. That's anyway, wild. sorry, I, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent, but I'm I'm gonna try to end every episode with a I I have a I have a bunch of good caddy stories, so I'm gonna try to end end some episodes with a good a good caddy story.
0: Yeah. I still I mean I still think that like the Funniest thing that you've sent me since you started working there was Willie Taggart scheduling a, a game of or a round of golf like a week after he got fired.
1: That's right, man. Got I love a lot of time on his $10 hands. Million
0: dollars. That's
1: that right.
0: Funny. But, uh, <clears throat> so you know, I haven't told you about this yet. I thought of it while, while I was working and you were asleep last night, but, um, I started, you know, trying to think of ideas for the show moving forward and today. Um, and I know that you wanted to, and I did too, try and do something that would give us something to do or talk about. That, you know, viewers or friends or whatever could get involved with. Um, and I didn't want to copy any segments of any other podcast you listen to or do or anything like that. Um, but I think it's safe to say that we're going to talk probably 90% about sports on here, but just like we talked about call of duty earlier, and I know we were going to talk about music if we had more time and stuff like that. Um, but just kind of do a segment that forced us to talk about things, maybe not necessarily out of our comfort zone, but non-sports related, um. And so, I, last night while I was working, I had some time and I ended up buying a movie and watching like 20 minutes of it. So, something I was thinking that would be cool, uh, and I already gave a name to the segment, call it Hot Takes, um, but we can, every week, I feel like just about every week, the timeline kind of dictates whatever new and popular media is out there, whether it's, a new album or a movie or a TV show or Netflix or something like that. Um, and so if something like that's going on, like for instance, uh, the TV show, you was all everybody was talking about like a month ago Very or sure. a couple of weeks ago. It is. But like, if something like that's going on, like we can say we're going to watch that and then we watch it and we can, come back and give our opinions on it or whatever the following week. Um, So I bought, and so I saw a movie being talked about on the timeline a couple weeks ago and I ended up buying it last night. So I'll give you my login so you can watch it. We can talk about it next week, but uh, it's called knives out. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it yet?
1: I've heard of it. I haven't seen it.
0: Okay. So I watched like 20 minutes of it. It looks like it's just a, high-quality version of the movie Clue, which Clue is based on the board game Clue. Mm -hmm. But it's got Daniel Craig. It's got the girl from 13 Reasons Why. It's got a couple other big-name actors in it. But it's directed by... I don't know if it's Rian or Rain Johnson, the guy famously known for making the worst Star Wars movie ever. But it's really, really good so far. So I'm only like 20 minutes into it. But I'm going to finish it. And I'll give you my login so you can watch it. And then next week we can go over it. And I'm not going to say what we should watch next week. I mean, you might have an opinion on it. But I kind of want to watch that Parasite movie.
1: So... We'll talk about hey, it in the DMs. I'm open for whatever. So we already got so we have we have hot takes, which will be a, a good a good weekly segment. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna name the caddy story. I'm gonna name it the caddy corner. Nice. All
0: right. Yeah. So we've got oh, yeah. episode one, we've got two segments going. So Boom. well anyways, I think that that wraps it up for our first episode. Uh, just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, like I said, this has been a long time coming for us, uh, so we appreciate everyone that's supported us or helped us out. I want to give a real quick shout-out uh, to TJ Pittinger uh, from producer of the Big 3 Roll-Up. He really uh, really helped us out from the ground up, You know, helping us put this together, make everything, uh, get it up on uh, all the major streaming platforms so you can find us on iTunes, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, all your major services. Um, but, uh, real big help there. So I just want to say thank you, uh, to him. And then, um, and then finally, uh, you can catch us on, uh, Twitter, our official podcast, um, handle is at washed opinion. Spelled washed opinion. Couldn't do the full name because it it's too long for uh, Twitter. But you can find us there. Um, then you can find both mine and Colin's handles uh, in the description there. Um, but anyways, thank you again for tuning in. Um, you'll catch us same time next week. We'll try and have the pods uploaded before 8 o'clock on Wednesday mornings. Um, but that's it for today. Colin, you got a song of mine plays out?
1: I think it's only fitting that for the first first episode we listen to some Tom Petty. Uh, won't back down. We'll go we'll go some more original music after this, but I think first pod we got to do it.
0: Sounds good to me. Well, All right. see you guys later.